Well, what three projects you um, recommend us to follow that are happening today uh, in the longevity aging space? Like telomeres, you said uh, is very advanced. Uh, we're still afraid it makes uh, cancer. I know two lengths uh, telomeres, but what other uh, projects you, you see we can see today? Yeah, actually, there are many discoveries recently, many, many, many. In fact, since I wrote my book, the first edition in 2018, mm -hmm. there have been big advancements, big changes. Uh, one, for example, uh, not only telomeres, there are many companies now sequencing the telomeres, like sequencing the genome. Uh, you can sequence the telomeres to give you a biological age. But also there are biological clocks uh, measuring other parameters like the methylation of DNA. This also tells you the age of your body and different body parts. This is new. Uh, also CRISPR, CRISPR, which is uh, gene editing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in December 2018, just after my book came out, uh, there was a Chinese scientist who edited the first two babies with CRISPR technology to uh, stop the babies from having HIV AIDS. Uh, today we know there is a gene that uh, stops AIDS from, from developing HIV, yeah. uh, from yeah. being infected. And then uh, this uh, Chinese doctor made that modification in the embryos of these babies uh, with CRISPR technology. So this was the first time that CRISPR has been done for editing babies. Uh, so CRISPR is an interesting technology. Another new one uh, that is happening right now is Senolytics. Senolytics, in fact, is a new field uh, as well. It didn't really exist 10 years ago. And there are many companies right now selling Senolytic treatments, which eliminate the senescent cells or zombie, zombie cells. These are like dead but not dead cells that don't want to die completely, but they are uh, bad in your body. They cause inflammation. So uh, this is important to get rid of these senescent cells with senolytics. Another treatment is immunotherapy. Uh, also, uh, in the last two years, uh, scientists working on uh, immunotherapy have been able to rejuvenate the immunological system of the body already between two and three years, uh, measuring the biological clock. And this is fantastic. And grow, growing also one gland here, which is called the thymus. The thymus is one of the most important glands. It's above the heart. Uh, it's one of the centers of uh, the immunological system. And this has been regrown two years. That is also a fascinating area because the immunological system is fundamental to be healthy. In fact, we get cancer and we get many diseases drastically after age 50. So now we can reverse this. Also, there are also some stem cell treatments which are brand new. Uh, we can rejuvenate organs. In Japan, for example, they are working on stem cell treatments to rejuvenate the heart and to grow back parts of the heart after a cardiac uh, arrest, after a heart attack. This is being done today. Uh, in Japan, thanks to the discoveries of the Japanese Nobel laureate Shinya Yamanaka, they are using some of his 
uh, cell reprogramming techniques to cure some diseases like macular degeneration of the eyes. Uh, we can actually improve the eye condition with some of these treatments and also some other stem cell treatments. Um, there are new gene therapies, as I mentioned, like CRISPR. So there are many, many new therapies, many, mm -hmm. many new treatments. And there is a lot of competition internationally. Japan is doing certain things. China is doing other things. England and the United Kingdom and other things, uh, Russia, uh, Germany, Spain, the USA. It, it really is fascinating. I don't know what will win. And, you know, actually, I do not care because I know that uh, it is a matter of time. Uh, we know that cell rejuvenation is possible because it already happens. It was proved. We know there are immortal cells, immortal organisms. We know these. Now we only need to discover which are the best ways to do this in a controlled way. So uh, I'd like to have many treatments competing, many therapies, many countries competing, also governments versus companies and government and companies together and country and country together. So I don't know what will win, but something will win because this is possible. We know it happens already in nature. So it is a matter of time. Therefore, I don't argue if this is possible. I argue about when it will be possible, when. Uh, we live in truly fascinating times between the last human mortal generation and the first human immortal generation. And I ask you, uh, Hill, do you want to be one of the last mortal or one of the first immortal? But do I want to eat again the apple of knowledge? I, I think it will be a matter of instinct. instinct. Absolutely. I will, I will take, yes. If, if there is a pill, I will, I will do it, yeah. Of course. And then you can always reverse it. I mean, this is not like you are condemned to live forever. And also certainly not old, because no one wants to be eternally old. No one wants that. Yeah, of course. Uh, what we... What we might want to be is eternally young, eternally healthy, and this is possible. But once again, if you get bored, you might die when you want. You are not forced to stay alive. And just like today, sadly, we have suicides. It yeah. is possible that in the future we will still have su suicides and homicides, which are worse, and accidents. So these causes of death will probably stay with us. Hopefully, in lesser numbers, in lesser quantities, less accidents, less diseases, less homicides and less suicides, but they will be there if you yeah, want them. We need, to, we need to consider about how we deal with the mental issue as I completed the process to solving aging because I, this is actually one of the the only few uh, um, downsides, I think, um, the mental size that like if someone has lost, had a big loss or something like this, and he needs to find a new purpose to life or not everybody um, is, is able to do it without help. 
Sure, sure. But that is also why I mentioned the three pillars of transhumanism. It is not just one. It's, it's not just super longevity, and it is not just super intelligence. It is also super happiness. And the final goal, therefore, is live long, healthy, live intelligent, mm -hmm. and live happily. And this is possible. Uh, in fact, there are many ways also to be happier. Even today, with death, we can be happier. Imagine how much happier we can be without death in the future. Yeah, and, and you talked about the competition and uh, that it's good that everyone tries to work on it. Well, I, I think uh, we need to raise the awareness. I try to do it with a hackathon. If you have any yeah. idea for me, a company that wants to, to give a challenge or we can do a project. I, I, want, to, I, I want somehow to, to make it happen, a hackathon. Well, fantastic. Uh, hackathons on uh, biotechnology. There is a lot of biohacking today. Uh, this is new and growing. Also, uh, putting uh, chips on your body and uh, sensors in your body. This is very new and it's very affordable because most of these sensors are not expensive. And they can um, tell you many things about your body, your heart rate, uh, um, your temperature, your oxygen, uh, many, many, many things. Uh, if you actually have the possibility of cancer, you have modified uh, uh, DNA or RNA uh, years before you actually develop cancer. You can do many of these things today. So this is biohacking. I recommend that. Yeah. But talking about competition, uh, I think this is... For aging research, like uh, giving, a, I don't know, a biological, bioinformatics problem, that stuff like this. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, now um, anti-aging is no longer medicine. After we has, have sequenced the human genome, it becomes a computational problem. Now it is not traditional medicine. It is... A, computers, it is information technology. So our gene have uh, the diseases that we might have genetically, but also many of our physical characteristics that we might want to change also, our height, our color, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. So um, this is uh, just beginning now because we need to match uh, statistically genes and diseases and genes and human traits, human characteristics. Mm -hmm. So this is a perfect idea for a, a, a hackathon. But talking about competition, I, I love it so much. I'm talking about 2020, that is the year of Mars. And because I did the first Mars simulation in Spain, uh, I am so thrilled that uh, this year there have been three space missions uh, to Mars, not even to the moon, to Mars. First one to go out was from the United Arab Emirates. Incredible. Uh, from the United Arab Emirates with the help of the Americans, the USA, and also the Japanese, the rocket launched from Japan. Uh, the second one was from China with Chinese technology. And the third one from NASA, from the USA. There was a fourth mission from the European Space Agency and uh, Russia as well, but it was delayed because of COVID until two years for the next uh, window of opportunity to go to Mars. But anyway, so we have three uh, government uh, groups, but also we have private groups 
Elon Musk is planning to send also an unmanned mission in 2022 to Mars mm -hmm. and a manned mission by 2024. Even if it is 2026 or 2028, it is happening. This is not only the year of Mars, it is the decade of Mars. And we have competition from countries, well, from companies, private sector, public sector. Uh, there are Israeli companies also interested yeah. in space, going to the moon. It really is fantastic. Well, you know, uh, there was a competition from uh, Google about the private uh, spaceship. And the Israeli team uh, was the only one that continued. This year, the, unfortunately, they got to the moon, but uh, the landing was uh, problematic. But they will try again to do it with private hands. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm, I'm very familiar because uh, I was uh, at Singularity University at the time. That was the Google Lunar Prize, X Prize. And there were many companies. I remember the Israeli company. There were also companies from uh, Japan, uh, from uh, Germany, uh, from the USA, Moon Express. Uh, and these companies are still going on. Uh, and, and it is fantastic. Uh, students, yeah. I, I believe the Israeli team was from uh, Tel Aviv University. I think, I think so, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, uh, also groups in Spain, uh, as I mentioned, are interested in going to the moon and going to Mars. Uh, this will be truly revolutionary. Um, when um, uh, the first man stepped on the moon, he said one small step for a man, one huge leap for humankind, for humanity. Imagine now that we go to Mars, it will yeah. be so big changing. Uh, this will be to me the third uh, human exploration. The first human exploration was about a hundred thousand years ago when humans left Africa. We evolved in Africa and then we went to the Middle East and then we went to Europe, to Asia. That was the first migration. The second one, was uh, the contact between uh, Europe and the Americas. Uh, that also changed everything 500 years ago. And the third one is going to the moon and to Mars. Imagine when we are on another planet, and even if we could live, if we find life, because it is possible that in Mars, there will be fossils of bacteria, fossils of microbes that live there, but now the conditions are bad. But it was possible that there was life on Mars. In fact, I think there was life on Mars. We will find this out in this decade. This will change everything. Imagine life in another planet, even if it's dead now, but it was alive. It will change our vision of the world. Like when we left Africa 100,000 years ago, or when we went to America and to Australia 500 years ago, everything will change. We don't know, I mean, we don't know how to, to, to expect what the journey will bring, like we, when we left Africa. But um, you, you, you talked about bacteria in 2014 in your speak. Uh, you talked about uh, Greg Venter when yes. he created the synthetic uh, bacteria. Is, is this project has improved since then? Well, Craig Venter, who is one of the revolutionaries in biotech, uh, he actually 
beat the U.S. government in sequencing the human genome by yeah. uh, uh, the year 2000. Uh, um, the project had begun in 1990. He was working at the National Institutes of Health of the U.S. government in uh, the Washington area, but he said it was so slow. And he created a company, and the company sequenced the human genome uh, in, in less time and with much less cost. After doing that, he has done many other breakthroughs in biotech. He sequenced his own human genome, and then he created a minimum bacteria with the smallest possible genome. And this was done actually in 2010, and he has been doing more things, even creating completely an artificial bacteria. Um, and this keeps on progressing. I think it's, uh, he should get the Nobel Prize in medicine as well for his absolutely fantastic and visionary uh, research. He also believes basically in immortality, that we could be able to change our genes, to live indefinitely, to repair our bodies, even though he doesn't use the word immortality, because again, we can never guarantee immortality, never. Uh, because a piano might fall on my head and I become pianized, or a, or a comet crashes against planet Earth, or an accident, or a suicide or homicide. So immortality is, is impossible to guarantee, but uh, not aging, reverse aging, that is possible, and that is the goal, and he is also working on that. He created a company, in fact, in 2014 called Human Longevity Inc., which I have visited is in uh, San Diego, California. Yeah. He is no longer uh, involved with that. He's in many other projects. I mean, he is a multiple serial entrepreneur, among other things, a fantastic scientist. But uh, he was one of the founders of Humanity Longevity Inc., an incredible company that is massively sequencing human genomes to find, as I mentioned before, a statistical correlations between diseases and human traits and genes. So this is one of the things he's doing. He's still trying to create more and bigger artificial uh, genomes because we are passing from reading the genome to writing the genome. And yeah. this is important. Uh, it was revolutionary to be able to read the genome. Imagine how much more revolutionary it is to write the genome, to create a new genome, to invent a new genome, to put anything you want in the genome. Yeah. It's a little bit scary, but I hope it, uh, I hope uh, we can do reverse engineering for many di diseases and uh, like to write it uh, uh, like mutations and stuff like this. We we can uh, it will help us fix it. Absolutely, um, this is only beginning. The human genome, as I said, uh, was only sequenced a few years ago. There is a lot to discover between the relations between the genes and the different uh, traits, diseases of humans. So th this is beginning, but it's moving very fast and it is moving exponentially also thanks to artificial intelligence. Because we humans, we have limited brains and we have limited memories and we cannot process all the information. The human genome is three gigabytes of data. We cannot process in our limited brains three gigabytes, and that is only for one person. Imagine having three gigabytes times a million people or a thousand million people. Uh, it, it is impossible for a human to do, but computers can do it. Artificial intelligence can find the 
the clues, what we are looking for. And as I said, uh, artificial intelligence learns by doing. So we, we live in incredible times. This was impossible a few years ago. We didn't have all the memory available that we have today in the cloud. We didn't have the speed processing power. We didn't have the algorithms. We didn't have the artificial intelligence. So, um, and again, this is nothing. This is nothing compared to what we are going to have in 10 years and in 20 years. This is moving exponentially. In fact, maybe even more than exponentially, there is an acceleration of acceleration. Great, that sounds really great, uh, Jose. I, it was very interesting. It was a very interesting uh, conversation. I thank you again for uh, joining me. Um, I encourage the audience to read your books and register to uh, the conference in Madrid. Um, uh, I hope I will be there. <laughs> I, uh, on one of my uh, podcasts, I gave uh, Jim Strull a promise, but I didn't, uh, <laughs> I wasn't accountable on my promise in Las Vegas, but uh, Madrid is closer to me, but I, I just hope everything will be okay and I can come. Um, one last thing about the Singularity University. Uh, what are the projects you take on in uh, aging science? Um, well, I was involved at the beginning of Singularity University, uh, and we like to joke that it is not a university, and it is not about the singularity. So basically it has the wrong name, not once wrong, but twice wrong. Uh, because really it is not a, a university, it's an executive training center. So there is really not much research per se, but there is research in the startups that grow out of the Singularity University. So this is true. There are many startups yeah. uh, that have come out of Singularity University and they do research. And then the faculty who teach, uh, like I was faculty in energy and environmental systems when I was at Silicon Valley at Singularity University. Um, basically, uh, we talk about the latest developments. Uh, um, we take the students on tours of some of the facilities. I used to take my students to go all the way from a nuclear reactor in California to the wind farms and solar farms in California and a geothermal plant also. Uh, you know, California has a lot of uh, uh, geothermal energy because it is in a seismic zone. Mm -hmm. um, these are new types of energy. But anyway, uh, in terms of longevity, uh, some of the faculty, which are fantastic, like Daniel Kraft or Raymond McCauley, they talk about uh, uh, the sequencing of the genome, the sequencing of the telomeres and uh, some of the treatments that will come out of that and also preventive medicine predictive medicine, personalized medicine, precision medicines. Yeah. It is the piece of medicine, all the different pieces of medicine. Uh, also artificial intelligence on medicine, as I was mentioning, because our human brain is too limited to process all this medical information. So we need the help of uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, um, so while well, there are different fronts, different areas, one of the invited faculty is my friend, Aubrey the Gray, 
and Aubrey de Grey talks obviously about radical life, life extension. So anyway, there is no research being done per se, because it is not a university, but some of the faculty, they talk about what they are doing. And then um, we used to take the students to see the research and see the facilities and see the companies, because Silicon Valley, it really is, is a startup paradise. Uh, not like a startup nation, Israel, but it is a startup uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, <laughs> Israel is yeah Israel is strong too in startups, and uh, I think the weather is uh, similar. So maybe it's the weather and I don't know and uh, open mind mindness and uh, try to to dream big. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I hope that uh, Israel does very well and also advances in uh, longevity. I know there are some people working very hard uh, in different areas, more technical or less technical. For example, um, Ilya Stambler um, in Israel, he's pushing for many of these ideas. Also another friend, Roy, um, I don't recall exactly his last name. He's working with Peter Diamandis on the longevity X prize. So this yeah. is actually being led by, by Roy um, uh, in, um, out of uh, Israel, but he's now based in the USA. So anyway, um, Israel is doing many things. Also, I remember your former uh, president Perez. Uh, Perez, he, he also was kind of a singularitarian. He, he believed uh, a lot of these singularity ideas and living longer, better, healthier, yes. more intelligent lives. Happier lives. I, I, I hope today. I, I, I don't hope. I, I I'm sure that uh, leaders, governments, they see that uh, aging research after the COVID-19 is not. It, it, it's a stra strategic uh, necessity. Absolutely. I hope that too. I just read today a study that COVID has caused the world. 11 trillion dollars 11 trillion dollars in cost like for yes. example the usa government had a bailout plan of two trillion dollars uh, that was the original plan for the usa the first one but the big plans in europe europe also has been in the order now of almost two trillion uh, euros and then china japan russia uh, india every everywhere so this is a lot of money so instead of uh, wasting this 11 trillion dollars on COVID-19. Imagine yeah. what we could do if we stop aging, if we reverse aging. So our priority after COVID should be aging. Aging is the enemy, is the number one priority. It's a, uh, we, we cannot, like again, we cannot uh, enter it when, when we have a wide, a wide uh, society of, of uh, of old people, and it will be of a vicious uh, circle. Like now, we will need to, we will need only to treat them and handle those people, all the resources that we have. So instead of investing it in the solutions, because we won't have the money, so we need to do it now. This is the the time. Yes. So let's hope also a government, maybe Israel declares aging a disease. 
aging is the enemy, is the common enemy of all of humanity. And also immortality has been the number one dream of humanity. Since we know in history, the first book in humanity is the Epic of Gilgamesh in Sumeria, in Mesopotamia, uh, near Israel, uh, almost 5,000 years ago. And in the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, Gilgamesh that was a, a, a king of Sumeria, uh, he basically wanted immortality, but not only the Mesopotamians, then the Egyptians also, and the pyramids, the pharaohs, they wanted to be immortal. And the first Chinese emperor, Emperor Xin, who built the terracotta army, he also wanted to be immortal. Uh, when the Spanish went to the Americas, they looked for the fountain of youth. And El Dorado, they wanted immortality too. So immortality is the common dream of humanity. Chinese, Indians, Russians, Spanish, Egyptians, uh, Mesopotamians, everyone wanted to be immortal. But we did not have the technology until today. We did not have the science until today. I like to compare it to flying. You know, flying was impossible until uh, over a, a century ago. And it was impossible. And everything is impossible until it becomes possible. Having telephones was impossible until we had phones. Flying was impossible until we had airplanes. And being immortal was impossible until we cure aging. And that will happen before 2045. Yes. Okay. So with this energy, we're going to call the interview. Thank you again. And you said we're going to do another call uh, five years from now, but uh, we will do it uh, less, uh, a lot shorter than, than uh, five years. Okay. Fantastic. Live long and prosper. Yeah, thank you, Jose. Thank you.